Welcome to the Gold Silver Pros Podcast with Rob Keens, your precious metals podcast for interviews, breaking economic news, and more. Hey everybody, this is Rob Keens of goldsilverpros.com. I have a guest back on the program. You've seen him recently. His name is Fred. He's the CEO of Impact Silver. How are you doing today, Fred? Just great, Rob. Yourself? I'm doing very well. Uh, good to have you on the program. I know we have had a relationship since Vancouver Resource Investment Conference in 2018, which seems forever ago, about four years now. <laughs> yeah, it's been a good relationship. You uh, Impact Silver, for those that don't know, uh, that follow the channel, that may be new to the channel, Impact Silver is probably the purest silver play miner that you're going to find anywhere. Most of the revenues are derived from silver. They uh, mine silver in the historic Zacuapan district of Mexico, uh, where there's been a lot of historic mining, artisanal mining, and now uh, impact is mining that with more modern mining techniques. And we wanted to bring them on the program so that Fred could give you an update on what they've been doing over the last, oh, seven or eight months, Fred, since you and I last talked. Yeah, not a problem at all. Uh, it's actually quite an exciting period of time for us, despite Omicron and goodness knows what else. Uh, we're, we're currently with our Guadalupe mill, as you know, we have two mills, the Guadalupe mill, uh, we reduced the throughput there in the last couple of years and went for a higher margin type of, uh, ore. And by the way, I'm not allowed to call it ore. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and the, uh, end result was, uh, we've been cash positive and profitable in certain, you know, month by month type of thing, uh, for now almost two and a half years. And uh, that combined with our, uh, the cash we've got in the bank, which is around $20 million, it's allowed us to sort of look at aggressively exploring and uh, developing a plan for expansion of our throughput at the Guadalupe Mill. So right now it's doing about 400 tons a day. It's capable of 550 tons a day. And what we've done, for instance, is we've opened up the uh, Guadalupe uh, old mine. And Guadalupe old mine first produced in 1529. So it's a fairly old mine. Uh, we've opened up that. Uh, we've conducted, uh, we're actually developing ore from it right now. But we've conducted two uh, drill programs, uh, one in the general area we're mining and another one out towards Pachacano, which you access from underground. It's basically the same structure. Uh, and both of them have produced uh, really sort of eye-watering results with uh, good widths, uh, grades well over the 200 gram mark. Uh, a couple of them were a kilo. It's always nice to see that over decent widths. So that was the uh, first pass in our drilling uh, in 2001, 2021 rather. Uh, the end result is we're gonna be more aggressive expanding out into that area. We're gonna be doing more drilling in that area, but I think the uh, Guadalupe mill uh, will be fed more and more from the Guadalupe mine. Uh, the second program, well, the third program we ran was over at San Ramon. And San Ramon has been a producer now since we first went into the boat. 12, well, about 14 years now, 15 years. And it's had one big stoke that we mined, <clears throat> excuse me. And then as it got a little ratty towards the bottom, then it's about 250 meters at depth, we drilled off and discovered what we call San Ramon Deeps. 
and it's been a major producer for us in the last while. Um, again, the grades are falling off slightly there, and so is the production. But as a result of a very recent drill program, we find there's a third stope, again, up dip from where the San Ramon Deeps is. We're getting some really good results there as well. So we'll be expanding into that. And between those two, they can literally fill the mill uh, without a problem at all. Mm -hmm. uh, now, that isn't all we've done because there's another area we're working and it's called Veta Negra. And Veta Negra is a small open pit that's been mined in the past. And when I say an open pit, it's more like a quarry because you, you mine into a hillside, you're not really digging a big hole. Um, it's produced some really impressive stuff. Uh, we've been mining it on a very limited basis right now with a backhoe of all things. And uh, we don't have to blast the rock. It's uh, heavily brecciated and broken. Um, and it's again, good grade, exceptionally good grade with widths that are up sort of 10, uh, 20 meters wide and running again, uh, well over 200 grams a ton. Uh, we just did a drill program on it, and uh, that drill program has established that this structure goes to depth to the south and to the east. Uh, we found some old workings there. Uh, we managed to get in and sample, and again, we got exceptional grades there, and we continued drilling in that area, and the last release just came out. And again, we're running a couple of uh, the drill, the hits were well over five, 600 grams, and at least one had a, a kilo intersection as well. So Veda Negra is going to become another source of feed. And uh, what it does, it gives us a lot of confidence that we're gonna be able to stuff the Guadalupe milk full at good grade, not just sort of feeding stuff. Um, so that's been the sort of brownfields work we're doing. The greenfields work we're doing uh, is continues as we map uh, and explore a number of targets. One of the targets we will have once we get permitting is La Luz, which is on the extension of Pachiqueño, which is really not a, uh, a greenfields. Uh, and then the other one is called Alacran. And Alacran is on a structure that runs north-south to the Guadalupe mine. And Alacran is actually even older than Guadalupe. It's 1527 when it was first mined. It tends to have one of the structures there tends to have more gold in it. The other one tends to be silver lead zinc. Mm -hmm. Now, I won't apologize for producing gold. Uh, it's, it's one of those things that darn, we got too much gold. Um, so we'll be working on it. We're going to be working on a number of actually gold targets that we established in that very deep valley, you may recall. Uh, one of the uh, old mines we found uh, was only about 35 meters deep. It ran about 100 meters in, in depth on two levels. And we sampled it at surface. And the, uh, one of the best samples we got there was 97 grams gold and 97 grams silver over 0.8 of a meter. And there's a number of other targets that are running parallel out of this or radiating, if you will, out of that mag high that was at the bottom of that valley. So we see gold as a totally separate target from the silver lead zinc that we're mining. And then finally, we've got the uh, Kapiri. And Kapiri, as you may recall, we, we produced about uh, 30,000 tons from on a test basis with a pilot plant there 
about 10 years ago. Price of silver was high, very attractive. Price of silver fell down to, I think it was $13 at one stage, and we shut it down. We've gone back in there now. Um, there's new technology for treating that material that will upgrade it, allow us to more through the mill. Um, we're probably going to do a limited drill program to see if we can even expand the resource that's currently there. Uh, so we're getting to the point where with a study that we're conducting right now, uh, which will be designing the mine plan, uh, that we're hoping use installing this XRT unit, which is the enhanced unit, and that's uh, X-ray transmission, by the way. And what it does is as the ore runs across the belt, conveyor belt, it surveys it with uh, X-rays uh, for atomic density. And atomic density is your sorting factor. Higher the atomic density, you keep it. Lower the atomic density, you get rid of it. It's an amazing process. It's not that expensive to run, but it probably can reduce your overall mining cost by 20%. Wow. And increase your throughput by about 40%. Mm -hmm. And what that allows us to do is it improves that margin, i.e. make us a little more secure for future fluctuations in the price of silver, mm -hmm. lead and zinc. So that one is going ahead. Uh, the studies should be completed by late summer, or early summer, actually. And the uh, with given nothing else screws up, uh, we're hoping to have that XRT unit installed uh, late, late fall. And that would allow us to bring uh, the Kapiri into production at about 350 tons a day. So busy time. Sounds like it, Fred. So the XRT technology is really interesting. So it surveys the material. Do you, does your machine, does, does your mill then respond to that and say, okay, we no longer want this material or this is more, you know, yeah. put in a pile for now? Well, this, it's not exotic. It's, this has been really applied to the mineral industry only in the last eight or 10 years. Previously, it was only used in things like diamonds in right. South Africa. What it does, it surveys that material, and you have to have it a certain size, but, you know, an inch or two material. So in an immediate crush, you run it on the belt. And of all things, there's pneumatic blowers at the end of the belt. Mm -hmm. And those pneumatic blowers literally identify the, the stuff that was identified by this mm -hmm. unit and blows it away from going into the uh, ore bin. And I mean, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, it sounds pretty high tech and it is, uh, but what it is is the operating costs are really nominal. It's around 30 or 40 cents a ton. Mm. Uh, what it allows you to do is it, it takes the grade and let's say our average grade there is 60 grams. It ends up, up upping the grade to about 90 to hundred grams. Uh, and what you also do is you're mining now is in a bulk basis not a selective basis and the selective basis in this very complex ore body is expensive you've got to take a meter or two of waste then a meter of, of ore then another two meters of waste time consuming expensive here you throw it all in this thing gets sorted automatically and only the higher grade material goes into the mill itself so we'd be mining Still, the, the mill would be turning at 200 tons a day, but we'd be inputting about 350 tons a day into the XRT unit. 
Wow, very interesting. Yeah, that's that's a great way to save on all your mail costs. Okay, I wanted to I wanted to take a look at some of your results. I'm actually going to put them up on uh, screen here. We're looking here. Uh, let's go over here to uh, New San Ramon South Zone. This is what you put out on December 14th. You guys, one of the things that that you told me last time I was down there was you're really looking for a little bit higher grade, you know, with silver prices in the low 20s. And it looks like you guys are finding it. Can you walk us through what you're finding at San Ramon? You know, again, uh, you may recall with the ore that we get or the ore zones that we get. I got to say ore zones. In any event, with the stopes that we get, the highest grade tends to be at higher elevation. Mm-hmm. Then the grade falls off as you go to depth and you get into lead zinc. Uh, in this particular area, there's not much lead zinc, but the grades still fall off as you go to depth. So mm-hmm. what's happening is that we had uh, the original San Ramon. Underneath that was San Ramon Deeps, which looked like it was dropped down. Mm-hmm. And now this is up here again. So that's what we're getting. We're getting this material here. And, uh, you know, it's, we're still developing it. We're still drilling it. We're going to, uh, needless to say, we don't wait till we have a total resource available. We, we're running a, a development over into it right now because there's nothing better than to see a wall full of ore as opposed to an individual drill hole that's this big. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're getting into that. And it also tells us this is a major structure that's Mm -hmm. probably buried as you go further south and east Mm -hmm. uh in the process um we're quite sure the vein is still there and you know very typically in mexico epithermal veins make ore about one out of every three you know in terms of distance you get a stoke you get sort of waste material then you get something that gets higher grade We've got three of these in a row, and uh, that means there's lots of exploration potential to the south and east on this thing as well. And I want to go over another drill result as well. I'll put this one up on screen, talking about Beta Negra. I think we had chatted about Beta Negra before. You guys are finding some really interesting results, and I think that really helps you out in terms of uh, the quality of the ore that you have. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing at Beta Negra. Yeah, Veta Negra is actually, uh, originally was, we thought of as two veins, and that's what we see at surface and what we've mm-hmm. been looking As this dips at about, well, still a little premature, let's say 30 degrees, uh, going south and east, um, it appears that there's a couple more veins in there that don't make it to surface, or mm-hmm. maybe the surface, but we haven't identified them. So this is that drilling where, and you see it's fairly shallow, uh, and the old workings that come underneath this, uh, we've identified the grade at depth as well. So we've got intercepts at depth, we've got the drill holes here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll probably drill more of this because the structure looks like it continues for kilometers. Um, If you look at the LIDAR type of study, you can actually see south and east, there's a structure heading down there. And about a couple of kilometers away, there's an old mine as well. So we may be onto something quite big here. Mm-hmm. But the next drilling we're going to do is to the north because we did have a drill hole to the north and west, and it got some nice, gave us some joy as well. And uh, so the next program will be north and west. 
uh, heading towards another old mine that's probably another couple of kilometers to the north and west. So this could be a major new structure, just not understood or properly identified in the past. And that's what we're finding with most of these that, you know, some guys in there with hand steel or, you know, primitive method. And in this case, the open bit was just the open bit. And they don't appreciate or understand the structure itself. And mm -hmm. we've got a really good feel for. Uh, so, you know, I expect to see more results like this coming out of uh, Vedanegra. Uh, San Ramon will be probably chasing it. Uh, but we're going to delay on that because I still want to drill Alacran because <laughs> some of the results in Alacran now, we've got uh, reports from 1920 that reported grades of up to 30 kilos a ton. Wow. That were direct shipped to the smelter and they sort of dismissed the wall rock at 500 grams a ton. Mm -hmm. uh, now, remember, this was hand steel. So, you know, people... I think they had about 300 guys producing about 30 tons a day. Mm. Uh, but it's, and it's been mined off and on since then, but it's been shut down for probably 30 years. Mm. And it's the one that when we did, I don't know if you had a chance to get out to Alacran with us, but we found a, an old waste pile and uh, we started breaking some of the rock and took a couple of samples back to the lab and one ran eight grams gold. And that was in the waste pile. Oh my goodness. So there is a second vein that tends to be higher grade gold. And then the one beside it, which tends to be silver lead zinc. And uh, it's an attractive target. So I want to get in there drilling it. Uh, we're waiting for permitting. And that's the only issue we're running into in Mexico and everybody else is too. The, the whole process of handling permits, et cetera, is getting moved around by the bureaucracy and mm -hmm. <laughs> where your per permit is at any one state. But it's definitely a great target to go for. Um, we've got additional targets down by Kapiri that if I have a drill loose, I'll test them. Uh, those tend to be sort of the lower grade, more like Kapiri, which is sort of 60 grams with uh, poly, you know, polymetallics, copper, lead, zinc, and everything else um, that are nearby. And uh, just a lot, a lot of work ahead for us. And our biggest constraint right now is not the money because our cash flow from operations covers the cost of all of our drilling. And by the way, our drilling is very inexpensive. I know how to drill. Uh, it's basically talented crews. It's really hard to get the better guys that you want to give to dedicate to this property. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a very busy season for us. Sounds like it. I also want to talk about a recent management appointment you guys announced in September. It was Jose Almeida Vera. Talk about his experience and some of the past projects he's worked on and, and why you guys added him to the board. Yeah, Jose is a really experienced uh, geologist, engineer geologist. Um, he was educated. Uh, one of his degrees was from the Canada. Uh, He's very well connected and he's part of our, our sort of program to what we have right now is a great mine. We've got a great operating crew. Uh, we're also looking at potential acquisitions and uh, uh, Jose is the guy who's got those contacts that can help us in that respect. Um, so he's going to be out there breaking rocks. In fact, what's today? The 11th? 
yeah, he'll be out on a, a project in four days looking at it. It's a small producer. Um, I'm hoping this could be sort of like what we got here when we picked up uh, this project. Small producer, no reserves, but has potential. And uh, at the same time, we've got another chap in Peru um, who isn't on the board, but uh, is sort of works with us and has worked with me for quite a while. Um, he's breaking rocks for us down there. And I mean, Peru has got the same political issues everybody has in Latin America right now, but it has an excellent uh, mining history and geology, just like Mexico. Uh, and uh, it's the old story, you buy straw hats in winter. Um, there's a lot of people there who have projects who can't finance their projects. Mm -hmm. uh, this gives us an opportunity to go in and not to buy the overpriced ones that you're constantly <laughs> delivered as people want you to buy what they've got. So he's mm -hmm. working down there as well. And then generally we're doing a sort of a, a more global scan Again, looking at precious metals, uh, but at the same time, you know, if if the target was warranted, we'll go just about anywhere if we have to. Um, but the further away you get from where we operate, the higher yield we expect, higher IRR, the higher NPV, and the lower. And we want to see. Uh, I love the word payback because when you're investing in a country that you're not necessarily comfortable with the sort of geopolitical risks, uh, you want that payback fast. So that's yeah. the other aspect of that program. So I find it interesting. You guys are looking at expansion targets because you've done well. You you know, you have a nice amount of money in the bank. Um, you're probably the purest play silver explorer. So it allows you to expand, you know, uh, either into silver or gold or, or even some of the base metals. But you guys also, Fred, I mean, taking it back to where you are right now, you have this huge district. I mean, the, the land package you guys have, the amount of work that's been done on that, you know, I think I asked you this when we were on the mine tour, but how long could that last, the project that you already have? Isn't that a very long life type of project? Yeah, yeah, it, it's, I mean, people have been mining here for 500 years. Mm -hmm. We've got 5,000 old workings we've identified and mapped, and there's more. It just simply, how long are you busy just going, hey, I've got another 50 workings. Everybody's mm -hmm. running. Um, there's 42 old, old haciendas, what they used to call mills, and those are generally run by water wheels. Um, and the end result is, and we've just done a, a reinterpretation of airborne in the southern portion that we had access to on 3D. Uh, so we're doing a couple of things. We're trying to do a global review of the project of property. We've been doing that for quite a while. Uh, we've developed a very elaborate program that I wouldn't want to call it AI, but it's very close to AI developed where we can interpret where we can expect to see better targets. And it assigns a probability to those targets, including the potential tonnage. Uh, we've got that developed. And uh, basically, we want to get out there and pop holes in it as quickly as possible. Um, so that's the program we're going forward on. And uh, it's been a hefty investment, but I think on a property like this, it's fully justified. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so, you uh, you know, a lot of people don't know that you guys are one of the purest play silver producers. You know, what are the pros and cons of that, Fred? I mean, it's great to be a pure play silver producer. It's a great story. 
Um, do you guys ever think about expanding, like you said, more into gold to, you know, to stabilize revenues or are you going to continue to keep that silver focus going forward? Well, to be honest, uh, be nice to keep the silver focus. Um, mm-hmm. it's, we're highly leveraged to the price of silver and silver is very volatile, which makes us even more volatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the nice side is when the price of silver goes up, ours really moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, we are looking. I'll never turn down gold. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've run three gold mines. So this, that's always been a, of interest in mine. Uh, or I've participated in the running of three gold mines. Um, but uh, gold, I think, is, is an obvious one. Uh, there's very few pure silver mines out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the big guys, and uh, no names mentioned, uh, none of them start with first. Um, the, uh, when they call themselves silver mines, probably silver is 40 to 45% of their production. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to try and get silver, in many cases, you're going into a polymetallic. Yes. Very much like our, our Kapiri. And Kapiri will be a polymetallic. It will produce lead, zinc, copper, and gold, as well as the principal asset, silver. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, there's no way around it. It's that's what's there. Uh, so yeah, uh, our focus will be on let's let's expand it to precious metals because there's very few real pure t- silver targets out there. Um, and I think the advantage of silver and gold is they both tend to respond generally in the same direction. Gold's a little less volatile. Mm-hmm. Silver certainly is very volatile. I just happen to like them both, to be honest, and. Uh, Actually, if you look at the anecdotal uh, discussion, this area used to produce gold for Mexico mm-hmm. uh, during the Aztecs. And, uh, and we have to figure out whether that gold was sort of inefficiently produced or was it sufficient? Was it economic, if you will, in common terms? Uh, we're certainly seeing it, like uh, Chapinel, which I said had. Uh, 97 grams gold, but it was only over 0.8 of a meter. Um, so it, it's a matter of trying to understand the deposition of gold as well. It looks like the gold is underlying the copper lead zinc zone. Uh, it looks like a whole different district underlying it. And from what we've seen, it's sort of atypical across the whole property. So as you go to the west, it comes closer to surface. As you go to the east and south, it appears to be deeper. But there seems to be a gold zone there. And as I said before, you know, if I have too much gold screwing up my silver recoveries, I won't complain too much. That's not a bad problem to have, Fred, honestly. <laughs> we're a mining company. Speculation is, yeah, on, on the metals we mine. But we're still a mining company. And a mining company's job is to make profits. Right. And, uh, that's our focus. So, Fred, uh, just to round out the conversation here before we sign off, uh, what should investors of Impact Silver expect over the next three to four months? What are the, what are the major pieces of news that, that they would expect to hear you guys coming out with? Well, we're, hey, we're going to produce our annual financial statements, and it's going to be kind of screwy because we have to reorganize with this new legislation that's come through. Mm-hmm. So entries all over the place, the accountants will run amok with that. Mm-hmm. But once we sort of get clear of all of that rubbish, um, I expect to see that if silver stays in the current price or even improves a little, be nice. Um, we're going to see gradually increase at Guadalupe throughput, and that'll be gradual, but it'll be increased uh, quarter by quarter. Uh, 
Um, I think we can keep our recoveries up and, and uh, so Guadalupe will keep on going. We'll be continuing the drill. See, we've got a very aggressive drill program. Uh, there are drills, so we don't have a problem accessing drills. Uh, and I think at the same time, as we go forward with the Kapiri, uh, we'll be getting very close to having it into production by late fall. And that will be adding sort of, well, as a wild guess at this point in time, let's say another 300,000 ounces of, of silver a year uh, to our production profile. So production should increase fairly dramatically. And by the way, that doesn't even allude to the fact that we are out looking for acquisitions as well. We're in an right. ideal position to do it. Um, we've got the cash, we've got the talent pool and uh, we're out there pushing as well. So it's, we're gonna be a lot of news coming out. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's a great story. You know, like I said, we've been following you four years since to VRIC uh, in uh, Vancouver almost exactly four years ago. In fact, I think it's a little over. I think we usually meet out there in January. Um, and it's, it's a great story. You guys have weathered a lot of ups and downs in silver, kept yourselves positive from the balance sheet perspective, have expanded, found higher grade silver. Now you're talking about running another mine and then expansion. So I'm glad to see you guys are doing, you know, very well, Fred, and, and uh, appreciate, you know, the relationship over the years. And we will continue to follow you for sure. Uh, last thing for people who are interested in investing in the company, I know you guys are on the Venture Toronto Stock Exchange. Uh, maybe you can uh, tell people what your symbol is and how they can uh, reach out to you if they have more interest. Well, it's uh, IPT is, is the trading symbol. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way to access us is, is go to our website, which is at Impact. Uh, it pulls up on the site very readily. And uh, we'll be available for uh, any discussions uh, or queries that people raise. My personal impact uh, address, if anybody wants it, is fred at impactsilver.com. And I'm happy to get back to people on that as well. All right, thank you so much. This has been uh, Fred Davison, President, Chief Executive Officer and Director of Impact Silver. Appreciate you having me on the program. Good to see you, take care. Thank you for listening to the Gold Silver Pros podcast. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Twitter. See you next time.